No. How did this fly get in there? Somebody got a fly swatter? Yeah. Uh, it was a shot of Prairie Jesus is really what it was. It was. You'd think we would be getting used to it, but it would we, we never get used to it. We never get tired of good things happen. This life doesn't get old. No. It was a nice little distraction from the real world, and here we are today for a coffee session. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show. However you're finding us, I'm glad that you are making us part of your day. Across all of Canada, on Game Plus Television, all 10 provinces, two territories, in the USA, in 31 states, on the radio, WQEE, Metro Atlanta, and, of course, live streaming on YouTube. Some things have come up today that I new would be popular topics as we welcome in Darren Moose Dupont and I'm sure he's got a lot to say because he's barely been on here today and he's only going to be on for one segment uh, here off the top how you doing Moose uh, good to see you my man um hey wasn't that hot what did, what did you think of the interviews with Nathan Rourke and Tara Sloan last hour wasn't that big time that was great it was awesome and I love you know getting both of them on Two complete and cover, the, you know, our top two sports, which is the NHL and the CFL, I guess our top two leagues, hockey and football, and, and uh, to have them on, yeah, it was great. Good hour one. Uh, yeah, and so fun. What, again, the teacher at the front of the class, or maybe the coach, this is where we really lean into audience participation. So 902-518-3033, the number to text us in studio. Certainly, if you're following along on YouTube, you can write in the comments stream there, or you can tweet at us, Facebook at us, whatever you want. Um, but two things. I've never been to the Bay Area, and if I had a free trip, I'd go San Francisco, Oakland, San Jose. But I'm not dying to go. I was interested to get Tara's take on how San Jose is a hockey town, and she said it was pretty good. I don't doubt it. They've had the team there for 30 years. Um, and they've had good teams. They've had bad time, teams. Right now they have a bad team. So she's like, hey, we're not selling out. She was pretty honest. That's Tara. But I'll ask you before we get to a little Bedard talk and stuff, where's the one place you could go that you haven't? You know, I took you to Nashville with our last job. I think it was the highlight of your life, wasn't it? Going yeah. to Music City and it was going to Titans games and hanging out with Terry Crisp right. and Jim McKenzie and going to Predators games. It was awesome. My bucket list, not bucket list, my last three cities that I wanted to go to were Chicago, New Orleans, and Jacksonville. And I knocked Jacksonville off the list a couple weeks ago. Spent New Year's Eve in Jacksonville. How nice does that sound? I'm not really interested in the Bay Area. Are you? Are they up there for you, San Jose? San I've been there. I've been, I've been to the Bay Area, um, San Fran, um, and watched a football game in Oakland. So, but for me, if we're talking hockey too, the three cities, I, you mentioned Chicago. That came off the board for me. And I think Chicago is a place I'd like to visit. I've never been to Manhattan, to New York, to MSG. And the other one I think would be really cool because of our ties to Calgary. I think Denver would be a really cool place to go and visit and watch a game and see that environment. Well, takes all kinds to make the world go around. You cover those, and I'll cover mine. I never figured out the allure to New York. And um, don't at me, because you just sent me the audience analytics here, and New York's in our top ten cities for audience. New York City. 
I've been there multiple times, a couple times for vacation, once for work, and uh, I, 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 I don't get it. <laughs> People say, I like the energy, I like, I like the buzz, the vibe. You ever been to South Florida, bruh? We got vibe. <laughs> we got energy. Go. <laughs> we also got 82 degrees in late January. Uh, anyways, so there's that. They're really, and we're going to get to more football, just so you know, next segment. Jeff Reinbold, Sky Sports, that's like Europe's ESPN, will be with us. And the veteran championship football coach will be with us to break down this upcoming weekend's divisional games. But I find this quite interesting. Just, I pulled it out of the hat. I said to the audience, where would you like to see Connor Bedard go number one overall? Last night on the NHL Network, Mike Rupp and EJ Raddick had a long, long debate on this. That's kind of where I brought it up. And I thought that it would resonate with our viewers. Both you and I have said Arizona. People agree if he goes to Columbus, we'll never hear from him again. That's <laughs> where careers go to die. Um, but they're really bashing Arizona as a hockey market. And that, like John Ohm in Winnipeg, Ohm, he says, Connor Bedard deserves better than Arizona. Um, Nicholas says, Bedard to Anaheim. McTavish, Zegras, and Bedard. Sizzle. Yeah, but you need to play defense and keep the puck out of your net, too. Terry Livermore in Calgary says, I've spent a lot of time in Phoenix. Been to many Yotes games. They don't deserve Bedard. Again, don't want to argue. I don't know about you, but I got a lot of plaudits written to me overnight saying, you handled that Ivan Provorov thing really well. I'm like, thank you. I've had a lot of experience with sticky situations and how to handle them. But I'll say this about Arizona. We used to host parties down there, Ryderville parties, literally. Thousands of people would come to Glendale, Arizona. I'd host it. I have photos. They don't even do it anymore. But whatever. I would sit with Coyotes fans, Phoenicians as they say, and they would say, hey, we get a bad rap here as hockey fans. The team sucked for ever. <laughs> if they had a decent team, they'd fill this place. And yet everybody wants to bash Arizona. I said yesterday, Darren, they can't even sell out Mullet Arena. They can't even sell out 5,000 a game. But again, the team's terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't I get it. The uh, Kevin bad. the Medium. Kevin the Medium. Kevin the Medium says Bedard deserves Vancouver. That's a place that doesn't deserve Connor Bedard. But I, I, I'm sorry. Until I told you what I knew about Coyotes hockey fans, how did you feel about the desert as a hockey market? Yeah, I, I feel like it just hasn't really had a chance to really see what kind of market it can be. You know, because they haven't been treated to any really good hockey. Yeah, we had playoff teams and they, they went on one kind of run, won a playoff series or two, but um, they haven't had any star, real stars. I mean, Roenick was there for a bit. I mean, Kachuk at the, at the end. Um, but real franchise stars, like a Connor Bedard would be good. I wonder what he would do in, in Columbus. He said we never hear from him again, and probably not. Like, we really don't hear from Line A and the Johnny Hockey, so maybe we wouldn't. But I think, you know, a market like that, that hasn't had success, that hasn't had a star, I think you put a Bedard in one of those markets, like an Arizona or a Columbus, and then you really get to see if it can be a hockey market. Chicago, they've had their great success recently. They've had their stars. 
I don't think they really deserve a Bedard necessarily that way. Anaheim's got excitement. They've recently won. So I'd like to see him go to a market that hasn't really won anything. San Jose's an interesting market. They've been good. And they had the Thorntons and the Burnses and the Marlows and the Couturers, but they've never gotten over the hump. So wouldn't Connor Bedard be exciting in San Jose? I'd like to see that too. Highly, highly anticipated night of the NHL draft lottery. <laughs> oh, yeah. Kevin. Kevin, the medium, says, I'm going to take you to Vancouver, Rod, and show you why that city is amazing. You think I haven't been there, bro? I've been there. CFL road trips, WHL road trips, holidaying. Almost eight years sober here, a week away from eight years sober. Uh, I remember showing up, getting a ride back to the hotel at 6 a.m. in a cop car, team hotel. Didn't do anything wrong, by the way. Just lost in downtown Vancouver. And these cops were like, uh, it was foggy. It was very foggy, Darren. Couldn't even see the moon. Couldn't even see the top of the buildings. And they said, where are you staying? And I said, the Hyatt. They said, we'll give you a ride home. We want... We've seen you circling here. I'm lost. So, hey, beautiful town. I don't think that'll happen at Connor Bedard. That was uh, part of my misspent youth, but don't think I haven't spent a ton of time in Vancouver. Of course, he's from there for the love of Pete. Just saying the team, come on. The team, I'm not sure they're ever going to get their act together. I wouldn't wish that on Connor Bedard as it stands right now. By the way, a nice segue, though, on hockey. And last point before we switch over here to some CFL stuff and maybe some NFL stuff. Poll question today for Capital Automall. And it was embarrassing, by the way, when I showed up on that cop car because two coaches, Ron Este and Alex Smith, were having breakfast. And they saw me get out of the back seat of the cop car. Morning, boys. <clears throat> they were just getting up, and I was just going to bed. Hello, Darren. Aren't you glad you didn't know me then? <laughs> the poll question today is, what should the Calgary Flames do with their goaltending situation? They lost last night 4-1 to Colorado. The Avs scored an empty netter. I saw an interesting quote from Elias Lindholm after the game. Star Flames forward saying, uh, we played however many games it is, 46 games, and we haven't played a great game yet. That's concerning. They were down 3-0 halfway through the first period. Jacob Markstrom allowing three goals. On, I think it was 14 shots. Um, sh here, here, your options are, should they stay with what they have, Markstrom and Dan Vladar, which at the end of the day, I think that's what they're going to do. To go out and get somebody, which we didn't mention last hour, who are you going to get? Cam Talbot's like the only guy on the list of the top 20 guys approaching the trade deadline. Three, bring up Dustin Wolf from the American League because he's leading all, pretty much all categories. He's by far the best goalie in the Apple or other, and uh, the majority saying Stan Pat. What did you say? I can't remember. Yeah, Stan Pat. Stick with the guys you have. That's where I've gone. Not to put Dustin Wolf okay. in that situation. No, but they're a great team. I see. Yeah. Listen, this is a soliloquy for another day. But I said to you in the morning meeting, you saw, you could feel the steam and the stress coming off Rich Sutter yesterday when he analyzed this, and he didn't even work for him. Just his brother's the head coach and his twin brother's the scout for the Flames. But it's like, I get it. The pressure, the pressure. 
is insane, but that, that that's not going to stop. You know, like I, I don't know, they say in Toronto, they blame the media and the pressure. Well, the Leafs haven't won since 1967, and I think that's all bunk. I really do. Do you? Like, if that was the case, the Yankees wouldn't have as many World Series as they have because of the pressure. I, I just think that's an excuse. I'm not saying I'm right. I just don't see how that could be a thing. I mean, pressure does play a factor. And when you have more pressure on you, some players can rise to it and others can crumble. And when there's less pressure and you're more relaxed, there's better chances of success. I get that. So if a team has more pressure on them night in and night out, they probably, you know, might not play that well consistently enough. But it's not the media's fault that the Leafs haven't won since 67. It's not. And for the Flames, yeah, there's pressure. And you think there's pressure now. After last night, Colorado's just two points back of you for a playoff spot. And the Avs have three games in hand. So there's a ton of pressure on the Calgary Flames right now. And they need to lock down the goaltending spot right now and, and score some goals at the other end. But, yeah, there's, the pressure's not getting any less here for Calgary. So much of this is perspective. And with Elias Lindholm's comment, he's like, we played 46 games and we haven't played a one great game yet. You know how I would look at that? It's still out there to come. The best is still to come for the Calgary Flames. But, yeah, and with Markstrom, what's it, seven years, six million per year is what they've signed the goalie to? Why did they give him that contract? Because they've seen how good he could be. He's a Vezina candidate. So they have a mental strength coach. I know him. I've had lunch with him at the Gray Eagle. They got Kelly Rudy sitting there on staff. They just got to work with the goalie's head. And I think they'll be fine. Uh, one last note. I was invited by the Ottawa Red with you, Jeff Reinbold, coming in next. Uh, and you'll be back later. The Ottawa Red Blacks invited me to watch their Defend the R documentary last night on YouTube. Very good. Uh, NFL caliber, as I told them. And they went deep into the Jeremiah Masoli Garrett Marino incident where the Saskatchewan defensive lineman took out the legs of the Ottawa quarterback, ended his season. How's that guy not in jail, by the way? But it was, it was a fantastic job of the documentary. And I'm wondering, by the way, Joshua O'Connor is the kid from the Red Blacks who invited me. He's video producer for the Red Blacks. How much of the Montreal Alouettes ownership situation are you following? Because I'm kind of had it with Gary Stern. Just so you know, um, he didn't go after our man J.C. Abbott on Twitter from 3downnation.com, the number one publication for Canadian football news. But he's reporting a bit on what a dumpster fire the Alouettes organization is. And Gary Stern wrote him, for now, one of the owners of the Alouettes and said, I'm surprised at you, J.C. I'll leave it at that. Somebody came at me like that as an owner, I'd rip his throat out. How much are you following it? I'm following Spicy. it. It's definitely a story. And I don't think... What do you know? We haven't heard the last of it. It's not a lot. That's the thing. Not a lot. But we just know what we're, what we're you know, told and what's out publicly and the breadcrumbs that have been left. And they're not good. So if the breadcrumbs aren't good, then really when you pull back the curtain, I wonder what is the situation really is. So I'm sure over the next what are the months, breadcrumbs? weeks and months... What are the breadcrumbs? I don't, I don't even know that. What are the, bread, what are the breadcrumbs? That. The, 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 the back and forth with JC on Twitter. Just little things that we're seeing from Gary Stern. And it's just, you know, the signs aren't good. 
And I think we're going to, the JCs, the newsmakers, the Farhands, the Dave Naylors, we're going to start to pull behind the curtain of this ownership situation leading up to next season. Okay. I, I'm just saying, if an owner came at me like Gary Stern did with JC, and he says, I'm surprised at you, the reporter. I would say, how about we talk about your own backyard, Gary? Let's talk about that. I can't stand guys like that, man. Not anymore. Not anymore. Moose, I'll see you in overtime, okay? You bet. Woosa. We'll talk NFL when we come back with Jeff Reinbold from Sky Sports. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and on the radio, Metro Atlanta, WQEE 99.1 FM. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod. Your favorite daytime sports talk show continues live on Game Plus TV, WQEE Radio in Metro Atlanta, and of course, live streaming on YouTube. I hope you're ready for some fun. It's always fun, but this guy screams fun and winning. Jeff Reinbold, currently NFL analyst at Sky Sports, director of player development. University of Hawaii, veteran of 32 pro football seasons, and the host of the Jeff Reinbold Show, which you had a very big guest. I'm going to talk about with you, Coach, in a second. I'm a big fan of Dick Vermeil. How you doing, sir? Mahalo. Oh, we Hello? lost the audio, Clark, or is it me? Oh, we got you now. We got you now. Okay. All right. Okay, Coach. Yeah, you're good. Listen, I'm going to jump into it right now. Thousands upon okay. thousands of views for your interview with, with, with Coach Vermeil. What is your deal with Coach Vermeil? Where's the connection there? And, uh, yeah. You know, this is... What's the deal? You're going you, you're, you're gonna to get me going now. You, 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 this is my guy. And I met Coach uh, for the first time. I was a young, I mean young, young, like 25-year-old. What's happening, boys? <laughs> I was just getting into it. Okay, they tell me, stand by. He's joining us all the way from London, England, by the way, Coach Reinbold. Holy smokes. Okay, wait, okay. We lost you. We got you back, Coach. You said you were 25 and you met him. Please continue. Yeah, I met him. He came in and did a presentation to us on coaching and... I'm 25 and, you know, I don't know what I don't know. And I must have been like, I, I mean, I, I asked him 10 million questions. And, I, and, you know, it was one of those deals, Rod, where you were in a, in a staff meeting and I'm asking him all these questions. I, I'm looking around at the room and the faces of the other coaches are like, come on, please, can we get this over and go to lunch? But I just was like, he was a guy that I could remember taking a UCLA team that had no chance against the team that was supposed to be the best team in college football history, Ohio State undefeated, beat them in the Rose Bowl, goes to the Eagles, hadn't been in the playoffs in 30 years. He takes them to the Super Bowl. So obviously, to me, I was going to get every nugget I could get from the guy. As we were leaving, he hand me his business card, and he said, you know, let me help you along the way. He said, I kind of like you. Let me help you along the way. So I, we go through that season. I go off and I take a head coaching job at Rocky Mountain College, which, I mean, 
Rod, it is the lowest rung of the food chain in college football. I mean, we mm-hmm. at the press conference, we didn't even have a football, right? Because the kids had stole all the equipment after the, they fired the head coach. So I asked him. He said, "He said I'll help you at any if you ever need help." So I dug his card out and I called him in Philadelphia and I said, "Coach, I'd like you to come out and guest coach and speak at our spring fundraising banquet." And he said, "Well, let me think about it." I said, "I can guarantee I can take you on the best trout water in North America because he's a big hunter and fisherman, right?" So. He agrees to come. I go into the president's office at the school the next day, and I said, "Hey, uh, I got. I'm, I'm thinking I'm pretty special." I said, "I got Dick Vermeil to come out and speak at our spring banquet," and he looks at me and he goes, "Okay, make sure you take it out of your budget." Well, <laughs> my budget. There was no budget, right? You didn't have a budget. So luckily, yeah. <laughs> luckily, I had enough frequent flyer miles to fly him out on my frequent flyer mile. Now, this is a Hall of Fame guy, right? And he's flying coach on my frequent flyer miles from Philly. Oh man, he's got me. <laughs> he's just, yeah, speaking of trout fishing, he's got me on the hook. So then we anyway, him again. So, oh yeah, are we good? Continue. We got you. Yeah, right. we got you. So, Continue. Anyway, so he coach comes out and he trout fishes like he's like he's coaching the football team. I mean, he's first guy in the water, last guy out of the water, the whole deal. But through the course of the week. Now you got to understand, Rod. Like I said, this is the bottom of the bottom of the food chain in college football, and we've got kids playing from Cutbank and Shoto and all these little eight-man teams all around Montana. And there's Dick Vermeil, the guy that they see on TV every Sunday. And we go play the alumni team because we. Oh man, was that three times? Okay, lo and behold, everybody. Yeah, continue. We play the alumni team. Continue. Yeah, you're in and out, but you play the alumni team. We play the alumni team. They got a keg on the sideline, right? This is how low class this is, right? But these kids who who had not won a game the year before beat the alumni team. And after the game, they hand him the game ball. Well, he does what Coach Vermeil always does, which is he cries because he's an emotional guy. Yeah, he's a crier. He's a crier. And so after this was all over, I'd taken him to the airport, and he, and he tells me, pull over. And we're halfway to the airport, and he says, pull over. And, you know, down some country road in Billings, Montana. And he looks at me, and he said, I see way too much of me in you. So I'm going to tell you, you better be careful. <laughs> I see way too much of me in you. How long before he comes back? Five, four, three, two, one. And we got him. <laughs> okay, coach, you said, I see way too much of me in you. Go. Yeah, and he said, you got to be careful, kid, because this game can eat you alive. Well, that started a friendship and a partnership that's lasted for all these years. And when he went back to the Rams, I had just gotten the job, the head job in Winnipeg. And he asked me to go to the Rams with him. And I said, Coach, I can't do that to these people because I just accepted this job. And But yet we stayed in contact. He's a, he's a, 
he's been the biggest male influence in my life other than my father. Uh, he is a guy that <clears throat> that I love. And, uh, you know, he's right. There is, a, there is way too much of him in me, I guess. You know you should have went to St. Louis. You know that, Coach. You know that now? I, you if know, you had to do it, it all looking, over again? Looking back on it, yeah, you'd say that was obviously something that you had to do. But you got to understand, too, you remember where we were at the CFL at that time, Rod. We didn't know if we were going to have a job next week. And that organization gave me a chance as a young guy, probably because nobody else wanted the job, but I got the job. And I just felt like it would be the absolute wrong thing to do to turn my back on them before we ever even had a chance. Now, they may look back on those two years and say I should have gone to St. Louis too. But, you know, you, you do what you think is the right thing at the time, and I don't yeah. regret it, but certainly it changed the trajectory of, of my career, certainly. Sure. Well, those are the scars we wear, right? Uh, tr uh, Ryan in Toronto says, this is incredible. A cliffhanger at the end of every sentence. <laughs> Jeff Reinbold is amazing. <laughs> I'm like, yes, he is. And I actually thought we'd bring him on to talk NFL today. In a way, we did. Uh, shoot, coach, I didn't even know about that St. Louis thing, man. It won a Super Bowl. Speaking of, we should get on track here. With the games, yeah. were you six for six last weekend like I was on Super Wildcard? I have, absolutely am, and I'm on a roll. And I tell you what, two months ago I said I thought the San Francisco 49ers would win the Super Bowl. And I think I still believe that, although, you know, we're at the Elite Eight right now, Rod. And, you know, there are going to be some great games, obviously, in this in this weekend. But I still believe that the 49ers are the best best team in football right now. Ah, Bet Regal. You know I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, Bet Regal has the Niners favored by four at home. Let me ask you this. When you are making your picks, how much do you go by analytics and numbers? I was saying earlier, Tom Brady never lost to Dallas. He was 7-0. and They were at home. But if you went by that, you would think the Bucks would win. And no, Dallas was a better team. No, I stay away field. from that. What do you use? Uh, yeah, I yeah. I, I, I use analytics marginally. What I really depend on is my experience as a football coach and watching teams play and looking at things. I thought there were some incredible, incredible performances on the, this past weekend. And maybe the, the biggest one from a team standpoint, I'm not talking about individual performance. I'm talking about a team standpoint, was what the Giants coaching staff did to win that game in Minnesota because they went in there and expanded the role of Daniel Jones, right? Against, and I understand that the Minnesota's not a very good defense. I get all that, right? But they expanded his role and took advantage of what he can do. Then on the defensive side, Wink Martindale went totally against the, his history. I, I've known Wink for a long, long time. And I consider him a friend. And he has never met a blitz that he doesn't like. And I thought they would go in there. The last time he played Minnesota, they hit Kirk Cousins 11 times and sacked him four more. So I thought, okay, he's going to go in and pressure him. But he didn't because he knew he couldn't match up. Even though Dory Jackson was back, he couldn't match up outside 
with Jefferson. And Jefferson ripped them the last time they played. So what did he do? He went completely against his own belief system, which is pressure, and said, no, I'm going to play coverage over Jefferson. So the entire game, Jefferson never got a one-on-one. Not one. I went back and looked at the film. And so do you realize how hard that is for a coach to do that in a pressure situation? You know, there's a belief in coaching that when you compare yourself to the other coordinator or you look at the other staff, that especially under pressure, we all as human beings revert back to what we're comfortable with or what we know. Wink went completely outside the box and said, no, I'm going to play pressure. I mean, excuse me, I'm going to play coverage. Justin Jefferson had less than seven yards a touch in that game. And that is a phenomenal coaching job because he does. He didn't have Jair Alexander that can just track him and mark him all over the field. He had to do it another way. And I thought that was, you know, nobody talks about it because you don't look at the game. You know, there's opinion and then there's analysts. Opinion guys like Stephen A. Smith and those guys, they're just giving you what they think or trying to get you to, to you know, take a to jump at, at their outrageous comment. Analysts look at the game, and when I looked at the game, that's what I saw. Hey, well, yeah, well, you know, that's where I live with the sound bites uh, to my peril no. sometimes. But that's what people—that's what people like. And they're what? What do you say? You're going to jump in? No, there. I, I'm just. I, I, there's nothing wrong with living in that area because I live in—I <laughs> live in that area too. But I also want to make sure <laughs> that I. When when I see something that is really well done, and another one was what Kellen Moore did with the Cowboys, Rod. Do you realize that mm-hmm. you know his quarterback had been struggling, had more turnovers than any quarterback in, in football, right? And played five less games, right? And he's in the playoffs. And what did he do? He said, I'm not going to rely on Z- Dak's ability to push the ball down the field and go to C.D. Lamb, although C.D. Lamb's my best player on tape, or on, on in paper. When you look at the touches, there were, there were 12 touches between the tight ends and the running backs in that game. So he put the game yeah. on Dalton Schultz and Pollard, and, and yeah, they got a couple completions to C.D., and they got one to two or, or two to, to Hilton, but he made it easier for his quarterback who was struggling and i thought that was again a great job of coaching by kellen moore uh, coach would you mind sitting through a four minute break and we'll talk about this weekend's games you got time to do that absolutely love to rod all right great appreciate you jeff reinbold joining us from sky sports uh across the pond we'll be right back and we'll take a look at this weekend's divisional games i know he's not going to give us his picks yet but he'll break it down It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, live streaming on YouTube, and of course on the radio, WQEE 99.1 FM. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. It is, and uh, having so much fun with Coach Reinbold, by the way, from Sky Sports, joining us from Europe. David's watching on Game Plus TV. 
in Winnipeg. He says, I remember when Coach Reinbold rode into town on his Harley. Tough times in the peg after Cal Murphy. I'm happy to see he remains firmly on his feet. Enjoy all the success you have earned and deserve. That's from David in Winnipeg, Coach. Uh, that is an era that will never be forgotten. But we'll jump into the NFL. I don't want to get sidetracked. Saturday, right. AFC Divisional Game, Jacksonville. As you know, at Kansas City, the Chiefs are favored by eight and a half. Forget about the line. Who wins, Coach, in your mind? Well, I think, I think you know, uh, it's it's going to be closer than eight and a half. But I, I think the Chiefs will win. When you give Andy Reid an extra week to prepare, uh, which they've had because they got to buy, number one, his football team's going to be healthier. Number two, uh, they're at home. Number three, it gives him one of the most creative minds in, in football at any level, anywhere, another week to prepare against you. I think that's an unfair advantage. The Jaguars have got to really feel good about where they're going. They've got a young football team. Doug Peterson has done a masterful job with them. But I think this is going to be where, you know, they kind of – run out of run out of steam because Kansas City while you know their defense has gotten better they got Chris Jones who's maybe the best inside pass rusher in football they can play man to man in the back end they're good in the kicking game i just think they're a better football team at home you have to take Kansas City Giants Eagles uh, Eagles by 7 and a half the NFC champs uh, what do you see in there wow this one is fascinating to me because Brian Dable with the Giants has taken a team, and I, I know this for a fact, that he this, this Giants team was worse off than the Bills were when you know they all went in there. He went in there with Sean McDermott a couple years ago in, in Buffalo. Now, you look at how he's done such a masterful job with a guy that, frankly, last year, you know, Daniel Jones was a he was a soundbite. He was a he was a video clip running down the field, nobody around him, and he falls down on what should have been a touchdown. And you know that was kind of what he was. Oh, we lost him. You know what it is? He's getting hold messages hold coming in. We got you, know, you now. Yeah. We got you now. Yeah, Daniel think, Jones is a different player. Yeah. <laughs> oh, di totally different player. I mean. He's, he's now taking advantage of what he has, which is athleticism. He's got a big enough arm. He can throw the ball, yes. And, uh, you know, they're, they're better. You know, their sum is far better than their parts on offense. They're very average, you know, in terms of, you know, you look at them outside at wide receiver, there's not a bunch of those guys you'd say, I want to trade for. Um, Saquon Barkley is extremely talented. On the other side of the ball, Philadelphia, you know, where will Hurts be, you know, with a with another week? I know he's not on listed on the injury list anymore, but that just that doesn't really mean all that much. How how healthy is that shoulder? Will he be able to take hits? Um, how much are they going to expose him to hits? You know, when they were really going great on offense, you know, he was absolutely the focal point of that offense. Now They've got A.J. Brown. They've got Miles Sanders. You know, they've got a really good offensive line, although Lane Johnson's not going to play at right tackle. Um, I think that the, the defense of the Eagles is the edge, and I think their ability to send multiple pass rushers, you know, their defensive line is outstanding. Rod, if 
the Giants can stay ahead of the chains. If they can keep Daniel Jones in manageable situations, then they have a chance. If it gets to third and long a bunch of the time, I think that's really a disadvantage to the Giants because Neil, their their rookie right tackle, has really struggled. And I mean really struggled. You know how when you went to the ice cream store when you were a kid and they gave you a ticket and it said, okay, serving customer number one? Well, that's yeah. what it'll be like for the def- that that's what it'll be like for the defensive lineman from Philadelphia if it gets to third and ten. They'll all be trying to get that ticket that says they get to rush against Neal because he has struggled in pass rush. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting battle. The Giants, I think, will keep it closer than people think. All the pressure is on Philadelphia. All of it. The expectations yeah. of the Philadelphia fans. All of it. Uh, we have four minutes, so two minutes per game. Cincinnati at Buffalo, uh, Bills by five and a half. What are you liking that one? Well, I think the Bills will win the game. Going to come down to who protects their quarterback the best. Uh, Cincinnati's offense was marginal last week against a good Baltimore defense. They were opportunistic on defense. You can't rely on 98-yard you know, fumble returns to, to win football games very much, especially in the playoffs. Uh, you know, I, I worry a little bit sometimes about Josh Allen's, you know, he, he'll make some disaster plays too. But, you know, big game, Dave, Gabe Davis. Uh, you've got Stephon Diggs, who's an outstanding player. And Cole Beasley now is, is we saw what he brings to an offense. I'm going to take the Bills in a very good football game. And the Dallas and, Cowboys at San Francisco, you kind of uh, took your hand is, on this earlier. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, okay. And, and the reason I say this, Rod, is... When can you? When have you ever seen a team that has arguably the best tailback in the league, the best tight end in the league, certainly the best left tackle in the league? Um, you know, you look at the best fullback in the league. Two really outstanding receivers in in Ayuk and Debo Samuel, who really block well. This football team does all the little things well, right? And that to me is is the mark now. As long as Shanahan doesn't try and be the smartest guy in the room, because when I was doing the game this past Sunday, I said that at halftime. I said, you know, Shanahan has to just get away from trying to trick everybody and get the ball in 23's hands and, and let your team go out and win. And they, Seattle, you know, kept it close for a half. But San Francisco is so good. And we haven't even talked about a defense. You got the best pass rusher in the league, you got two great linebackers, you got a great safety. I, this is a this is a really really good football team, and they're playing at home. For Dallas, Dallas has got to have Parsons wreck the game. He's got to be, uh, and I think he can do this. He's got to make a huge play or two, whether that's a strip sack fumble, whether that's an interception. Some way, they need him to perform, and. You know, as well as he can perform. I've been impressed with Dan Quinn and what he's done with that defense. They were a mess a few years ago, and he's really he's really simplified it. And those guys play fast and play hard. Um, I like Pollard. I think he's a great player. Uh, obviously, Dalton Schultz. We saw what he did last week. They're, they're, I'm a little concerned about the Cowboys' health up front. And remember last week or last year, Rod, and everybody talks about the history between these two teams. I won't go any farther back than last year. When San Francisco came into Dallas and just said, we are going to punch you in the face 
and we're going to keep punching you in the face to see if your if your chin is firm enough. And it wasn't. Now, this is a different Cowboy team. They're better in the offensive line than they were last year. But I think it's going to come down to that again. I think it's going to be a great game. Another one of the classics between these two. But I think San Francisco's talent will win out in the end. Well said. Uh, Cowboys haven't forgotten it. I saw somewhere this is the ninth all-time playoff meeting between the two. It, it feels like there's more, but it's not the CFL. There's a lot more teams, right? Um, Four-point line. They're predicting this will be the closest game. It might be the best game. Coach, thanks for this. Hey, where can folks uh, follow your stuff before I let you go? Just uh, you go to the Jeff Reinbold Show on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, all those things. And let's do this all, all the way through the Super Bowl, right? Because I'll be in Phoenix for the game and do the game. I know you'll probably be down there too. So let's let's continue this through the through uh, through the playoffs because I certainly love having an opportunity to You're talk on. to you. I'm a big fan of Rob Peterson. And we're big fans of Coach Reinbold here too, of course. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, let's do it. We'll make a date. Okay. And he gone. He gone. We'll be right back with overtime when the Moose will rejoin, okay? Maybe a sports update, too. Did I do one? I don't think I did. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and 99.1 WQEE. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Okay, everybody, we are back, and uh, I'm live, believe it or not. But we don't have the moose, I just found out, so I feel like it's going to be you and me until he joins, if he joins us at all. Uh, my mind is swimming in a good way with the interview with Coach Reinbold um, and Nathan Rourke and Tara Sloan from earlier. I will dabble for a second in the viewer audience questions, listener questions. Corey from Radville, home of the Nationals, writing in. It's a small town in Saskatchewan. I've been there many times. Uh, Corey was roasting Arizona as a hockey market earlier, and I said, maybe you should go there. <laughs> Corey writes in and says, Rod, I've been to games there. They can't get fans. You're sounding like a Milestone Flyers fan. Okay, we got the moose. Let's bring the moose in. We have found Radville's John Kirby. We found him. <laughs> He's, uh, name's Corey. Okay. <laughs> All right, Moose. Now, um, what a great day. I've barely seen you. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about Reinbold's NFL predictions this weekend. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I'm going through the for Bet Regal. I'm not putting the robe on right now. But when I make my weekend picks, I very deftly saved them, Darren, uh, for the whole show. Yeah. You don't, no deal. Moose, no deal here for Bet Regal. Chiefs by eight and a half over Kansas City. You're saying the Jags will at least beat that. Reinbold agreed. Giants at Eagles, Eagles by seven and a half. You said no deal. These are all the betting lines from Bet Regal. Cincinnati at Buffalo, Bills by five and a half. You said no deal. And the 49ers, four point favorites at home over the Dallas Cowboys. And they are, you took that deal. Do you think the 49ers will win? Uh, 
How excited are you going into this weekend? Are you one of those? You're not one of those guys that your team's out, so you're not following it, right? No, I'm not. I'm very much into it, and I can find storylines to attach me to the game and get me into this to watch. So, I'm very much. I'm very much into it. Absolutely. Dave from Niagara Falls, Ontario, watching on Game Plus TV, says, Argos, thanks for all the CFL talk. You're welcome, bud. The one thing when I said, now here's Ryan on radio, another great show. Ryan, by now, since the guy uh, runs WQEE down there in Metro Atlanta, he knows my deal. We've been on there since September the 2nd that I'm a certified mental health addiction recovery coach, grief, trauma, stress. When Ryan Bold said, I don't know how much you were following that interview. I knew there was something there between him and Dick Vermeil, the Super Bowl winning coach of the St. Louis Rams and featured in the movie Invincible. Did you watch Invincible yeah. on Vince Papali? Oh, yeah, I love that show. Yeah, that's the coach. Yeah. And Vermeil said to Ryan Bold, when, what was it, in the 70s? Probably the 70s. He goes, I see so much in you, of me and you, kid. I feel sorry for you. Now that I'm dealing with these people in the, that I coach that you know, you don't know who they are, but they're people in sports. That's all I work with. Athletes, coaches, sports people, military, and entertainers. And I, they tell me their problems. I'm like, ah, you poor. It's exactly me. And it's not all substances or alcohol it's just the way their mind races you know the way stress and anxiety and all that. i'm like oh at least i know the way out now i just that's what rang in my mind when ryan bold was saying it and it's i guess that's why god puts you through these things so you can help others years down the line that's what i thought out of the ryan bold thing um what were your takeaways from the show by the way Oh boy, there's a lot. You know, we go back. It was a, it felt felt like a lot of CFL, NFL, a lot of football talk today. Obviously, with uh, with Nathan and then with Jeff. But you know, to me, I'm starting. I've been thinking a lot about the Bedard thing. Actually, that's to me. Yeah, you know, I've talked to probably about that the most. Which market I'd like to see him go to? You know, which market kind of deserves a little good fortune because they've had such bad fortune. And the more you talk about Vancouver. Do they deserve good fortune or have they created a lot of this bad fortune themselves from mismanagement and bad choices? Or has it been bad luck? I think it's a little bit of both, but Arizona's definitely not had anything go their way. And San Jose has a little bit. Columbus really hasn't. So there's a few options out there. Oh, man, there's so many things I'll take away. Uh, Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says, by the way, this was an absolute bomb of a show today. It went by so fast. It's hard to believe. Thank you, Wayne. Um, I think about what Nathan Rourke said about getting handed the ball to start his first CFL game. You remember it. Week one, shortened season, 2021, B.C. Lions at Sask, and the... All week long, the Lions had said they were going to start Mike Riley, and all of a sudden, boop, hand the ball to Nathan Rourke, this Canadian kid. At the time, 22, never started a game. Almost, as I recall, led the Lions to victory that day. And as I said to him at the, in the interview here, God was preparing you then for where you're at now, right? Those hot potato situations. And he went out and he handled it. And I really wonder where the sky is for Nathan Rourke. He seems to have something going for him. Would you not agree? 
Yeah, he really does. He has the work ethic. He has the mindset. He has a lot of things, a lot of those tools. And so I'm really excited to see how he handles this next chapter and the National Football League because I think he's in a good spot. I love that he's just up the road in Jacksonville. I can jump in the car and go see him. Um, and on the Arizona thing, last minute of play in the RP show today. Said it a million times, so say it a million and one. Everybody wonders why there's still a team there. They're never going to get it. And I, I let it go, let it go, Rod. They're not going to get it. They have an owner there, I believe his name is Morello, who will never run out of money. Never run out of money. He's printing it out there. And I'm not saying he's a counterfeiter. Um, as I was told, somebody told me in the NHL that... 51% of every dollar spent on gambling in Arizona goes to this guy. He doesn't care whether his team ever wins or not. And that's the kind of owner the commissioners want. Doesn't matter whether they win or not. They're never going to go broke. They don't care. You know, yep. they're in it for a hobby. Yeah, it's the way sports is now. All right, Moose. Great job, man. I'll see you tomorrow. Stay warm. Later. See the rest of you tomorrow, noon Eastern, here on Game Plus. You screwed up, Clark! Sold! I like it! How about that? You got to flip over for the yesterday show because it's Thursday. Okay. Okay, I just got a minute with Darren, and then I'll let you. Great job, Jordan. Yeah. Nice okay. Work. I have Good a show. call at, in in an hour. I got to go squeeze yeah. in a quick Ray Donovan here before that with Ash. I, have you talked to him yeah. at all? No. Oh, you have? Oh, no, I haven't. No, no, no. With. With the founder of that sports drink I sent you. I yeah. hope you guys read up on that.